it, it wouldn't be news, Dave, if it wasn't a dildo pod. <laughs> like the story is some guy doesn't know his fish. <laughs> But some guy on Dildo Pond, well, now we're talking. Welcome to the Fish Nerds Podcast. Smart talk about fish, fishing, and eating fish. It's always interesting, usually funny, and mostly true. I'm Captain Sean Tivitz, MainTunaFishing.com, and here are the nerds. Hey. Hey, Dave. <laughs> Have you been fishing? I have. You know, it's funny. I uh, I haven't been fishing in, gosh, must be three weeks almost. Yeah. Since, you know, a couple episodes ago, you heard the ice fishing accident. And I've been kind of spooked to go on the ice. Right. Yeah, me too, actually. But yeah. Yeah. But I, I, my friend Vinny called me and he said, hey, and Vinny owns the local Ben and Jerry. So, he, you know, bribed me, bribed me with some ice cream. Vinny! Vinny! Uh, asked me to go ice fishing with him one more time. Mm. So we grabbed our snowmobiles. We had a liquid of Pisaki. To go chase white perch. Oh, fun. Yeah, really cool. Went to that spot where Tim Moore took us a few weeks ago. Yep. And uh, Tim Moore happened to be out there guiding, so we stopped in and said hi to him. Nice. And, uh, yeah, he was hanging out with some guys from North Carolina who looked really cold. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we, we to, to get to the spot where we were fishing, you have to go across a channel. And uh, the channel's like, uh, you know, it's like a half mile wide. But uh, it's a, there's some thin ice portions of it, and you can see water on top of the ice in a couple of locations. So you really need to really pick your way across. Ooh, okay. And in fact, to the point where I got off my snowmobile and got off with a, with a chisel and checked the ice before we crossed in a few spots. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, really kind of spooky ice. But we wanted to catch fish, and, you know, we're together. We had ropes and whatever. Yeah. Um, we're going for it. So we got out there. It was windy as hell. We set up a shanty, portable shanty. We fished for about three hours. I caught a couple of nice white perch. Vinny caught some smaller fish. And uh, <laughs> we decided to call it a day. So we snake our way back. Uh, everything's fine getting back. We chat with uh, Tim for a little bit, and we leave. And then Tim texts me a little while longer. He tried to go fishing where I was, and he couldn't get there. The spot where we drove our snowmobiles over had sunk. The ice had moved underwater. Oh, my God. So, like, he said, your trail, your, your snowmobile trails go right to water. Oh. <laughs> now, was this in the channel, like, in the in the middle part of the lake? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, we have to go between, you know, down this channel to get to where the, the basically, it's a big, it's a big rock basin. Uh-huh. But, yeah, it's just a channel, and it, I guess a little bit of flowing water is all it takes. So, if we had fished uh, maybe two hours longer and stayed out there, we probably maybe wouldn't have got back. Oh, my gosh. Or we would have had to find a new way back, which is no fun. Right, right. Yeah, we would have been, we would have lived because we're not dumb. Right, uh, exactly. We wouldn't have tried to go over open water, but but wow. it's crazy how fast the ice conditions change. And this year in New Hampshire and all of New England, uh, the El Nino has been wrecking our winter. That bastard baby, uh, <laughs> just trying to ruin our days. God, totally has. Yeah. It's so unreal. if you are fishing, ice fishing still, be super careful. I have a couple more trips planned, but man, I'm my snowmobile might stay at home. Well, I went out, um, this was several years ago back in Indiana, and I went out fishing on a local reservoir, and I was out just offshore, and it was probably four to five inches of ice, but it was kind of late season, but it was all, everything was frozen, everything was good, and uh, I didn't get too far off, because I knew it was late season, um, but I was drilling hole, caught a ton of white crappie, just a ton, it was 
super super fun. I've never caught a white crappie. That's cool. Yeah, they're just like just like black ones, only they get bigger. Um, so uh, I I jigged up a bunch, and I was like, oh, this is great. It was like on a Saturday, so I decided to come back on Sunday. I came back completely open water. Wow. I know everything, and as I was standing there, so this was open water where I was. As I was standing there, a giant ice sheet flowed, like, was blown across the reservoir mm-hmm. and just smashed into the shore where I was at. No kidding. And it was just this, you know, immovable force. I mean, the ice sheet must have weighed tons and tons and tons. Of course. And uh, it just piled up on itself, all this six to eight inch ice, and just piled all, all up and then was... It was open water again. It was the weirdest experience to see um, something that was just ice hours ago completely open. Well, you know, people don't always remember that ice is not stable. It's always moving. It's it's almost fluid in a way, and it's floating on top of the water. So, like, a lot can happen. Yeah. A lot can happen. In fact, uh, last week uh, during the big ice derby, a truck went under the ice on one of the lakes in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And the story I read, it was they were driving like 60 miles an hour. <laughs> now, if you know anything about ice and safety, if you are going to drive on the ice, you're better off driving slow. Right. Because if you drive fast, you actually create a wave that runs out in front of the car right. as fast as you're driving. The faster you drive, the bigger the wave, and that opens up the ice sheets. Uh-huh. So he's pushing this wave of water in front of the truck and just kind of swallowed the truck up. The uh-huh. guy survived, but his truck is in bad shape. Wow, that's yeah. unreal. Yeah. So his car, his Carfax is wrecked. <laughs> that's right. Right. Yeah. I was, uh, I was surprised we didn't hear more accidents over the derby. I gotta tell you, so like I'm extra sensitive right now to ice safety. Sure. Because uh, I, I, uh, anyway, but um, I'm so glad we didn't hear more. Oh. It means everyone paid attention. Not everyone. Most people paid attention and acted appropriately. Uh, looking at the pictures from the big ice fishing derby in New Hampshire this year, uh, it was shocking because usually there's hundreds of thousands, not hundreds of thousands, there's hundreds of people on the ice, and it was like ghost town on the ice. Huh. So people were being careful and were being weary, and the derby went on, and it looks like they had a good time. Everyone had a good time. Yeah, well, that yeah, it's good yeah. good for the fishing community. Um, yep. for figuring it out. But uh, yeah, it's I, I went fishing probably two weeks ago now. On Willen Pond over in Summersworth, New Hampshire. Um, you've been there before, right? That's where that long walk to the water? Uh, yeah. No, no, no. That's different. No. That's that's Wheelwright Pond. See? No, this is Willen Pond. You can actually kind of drive right up there. I'm not sure you've ever been there. Yeah, you have. I know we've been there before. Okay. Um, anyway, the uh, we, we, we caught a few perch here and there. And it, nothing nothing to write home about. But uh, we were very conscious of the ice, too, just because it was changing this year more than ever from thick to thin really fast, um, even on a stable lake. So mm-hmm. it's all done here down south. That's right, sure. We're looking at temperature in the 60s coming up this week, Dave. It's going to be a goner everywhere. So Yeah. It's going to be spring. Now, last night it was below zero up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And tonight. Yeah. So do you think... Things will tighten up enough to go? Yeah. Hmm. I may try to go. Go where? You want to go to Wimpasaki? Yeah. Let me see if my wife will give me the green light for Sunday morning. Maybe we can go. Yeah, because that's going to be the last shot. And it's getting into that March time where Tim Moore talks about the legendary 
white perch feeding frenzy. Oh, I want that. Because so far, my white perch fishing has been fun, but not legendary. And I haven't seen, and Tim wrote a thing uh, on one of his posts. They didn't uh, whack them and stack them, is what he said, Mm -hmm. which is a funny little sort of thing to say. Yes. And um, I want to whack them and stack them. I do, too. It sounds terrible. Yeah, it sounds dirty, but it's not. Uh, (laughs) And... But just get that big pile of fish. I saw, I don't know if you've seen it on um, our, our friend um, uh, Tom, Tom Tebow. Down, yeah, VIP Outdoors. Yeah, VIP Outdoors. He posted a thing a couple weeks and he said they're all done down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like last week, some people came up and were ice fishing in his cove. Now, the, the, the rest of the lake was open, but, you know, that tight cove still had ice. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they posted a huge picture of crappie. It was unbelievable. It, I think I saw that, yeah. Yeah. There must have been like, what, 40 really nice-sized fish? Easily. Yeah. Really impressive. Yeah, a lot of fun, too. Yeah. So uh, fishing is is still out there, and, and also on rivers is legal in New Hampshire right now. Yeah. So, you know, get out there, be safe, uh, be weary of springtime ice conditions, because we're in it now. Yeah. So for a lot of people, it's stop fishing time, make some maple syrup, and then, uh, you know. Wait for wait for the ice to melt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, let's see if we can go on Sunday. I'll check in. Hello. <laughs> well, hello there. Hello, I'm the Queen. <laughs> no, we are not amused. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I, I'm, doing I'm doing the bit with the uh, you know like the Queen of England. Oh, hello. Yeah, there you go. Whatever. Okay. So we're talking about. Uh, uh, Queens, because on the show today we have author Kristen Berube, mm-hmm. and she is the author of Confessions of a Camo Queen. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what she confesses. <laughs> I know it's really, it's really going to be exciting. I, I think it could be all sorts of things you could confess. Right, and it, it'd be really, it's going to be interesting to compare. So, like you and I are not camo guys. No, no, no. I would argue that we're we're barely outdoorsy. Right, and the only reason I ever have camo is just because it's on something that's kind of rugged and it just happens to be camoed. But I, I never have any reason to be camoed. No, because how would anyone find you? I know, and if I if I was camoed, it would just look like drywall, you know, paint and stuff. That's... <laughs> yeah, my my camo looks like uh, Wayne's coating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but she's. She did this great book that uh, on the cover has a camo bra, which is sort of, uh, it's not camo. Wait, there's pictures of. Yeah, it's pink. It's a pink camo bra with like high heels and like dresses and stuff. Yeah. It looks from far away. It looks like pink camo. Yeah. But up close, it's actually just the outline of a woman in a dress. And it's one of those books that like, it's clearly I'm not who it's written for. This is this is like written as like a gift book for like, you know, women and girlfriends of hunters and outdoorsmen. Yes. Uh, And. And I'm I'm at I'm at Starbucks reading it, <laughs> and people nice. walk by. I'm like, "Hello, I'm just reading a book." <laughs> yeah. yeah, very good. And, um, I read it. and I and I enjoyed it, and I'm going to give my copy away. How about you? Going to keep yours or give it away? Uh, I'm a giving kind of guy. Cool. So uh, if if you think you might want this book, call the Fish Nerds Hotline, leave us a voicemail, and the first. Uh, First couple of people who give us a call, we're going to mail these books to you. So what's the number, Dave? Do you know? 
I don't. 607-378-FISH. 607-378-FISH. And you can get Confessions of a Camo Queen by Kristen Ruby. Kristen Berube lives a crazy life, laughter-filled life with her outdoorsman husband, Ramey, and their three camo-clad children in Missoula, Montana. A graduate of Montana State University and the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology, she loves being a mom and enjoys hiking, fishing, and camping almost as much as a romantic dinner at a fancy restaurant. Oh, that's sweet. It is very sweet. Kristen Berube, welcome to the Fish Nerds. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, well, that, that's so. We were just talking about you know you're you're pulling off the mom thing with all this book. What was your impetus to do the book? Um, actually, it was I only wrote it when I only had one child, so it was a couple of years ago. So I wasn't you know as busy as now, but um, I actually was up a lot at night with him, and so I wrote a couple stories for my husband just to kind of keep myself entertained while I was rocking the baby at night and my husband loved them and he encouraged me to keep writing more even though he was you know embarrassed because he couldn't believe that that's actually how women looked at you know hunters and fishers men but it was that's pretty much what it was from <laughs> yeah it's it's uh, it's a super fun book and and we should say it is written from your point of view so like as as a couple of big burly macho guys like me and Dave <laughs> and we are as macho as a kid yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're probably not the audience, oh, it, but, yeah. <laughs> but we can see ourselves in there, and we often relate to what, we, what you're writing. Um, but I, I actually want to say congratulations to you, because as Dave and I are writers, well, thank you. And and the idea of getting a book out is um, a novelty to us. Like it's it's amazing that anyone gets books published, and so really big congratulations on that book. Um, how did <laughs> well, you thank go you. from? Thank you. You're welcome. How did you go from writing all the stories to getting it published? Because a lot of our listeners are writers and want to know this kind of trajectory. How does that work out? Um, you know, I actually just wrote maybe like half the book and then on a whim kind of just submitted it to the Far Country Press. And, I, you know, I think that everyone in Montana is pretty much hunts or fishes. And so it just kind of struck their funny bone and they liked it and they asked me to finish it up. So it was really Get really out of lucky. here. Out of the gate? Yeah, it was it was really lucky. That's wrong. <laughs> well, I think it's just because it's such a different point of view. So it's just something fresh and new. And, you know, everyone thinks it. Just no one's ever really said it. It's amazing. <laughs> Very good. Well, and then there's a bra on the front cover. Yeah, that helps. Well, that always helps, right? Yeah. Clay, we may we want to do that the next time we do a book. I am pretty. <laughs> I am pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good book talking about, like you said, all, all the quirky things that, uh, from a spouse's perspective. Um, now we have a question though, since this is the fish nerds podcast, we have a question cause we were Googling around looking, you know, doing our due diligence research and you, there's a picture of you holding a giant salmon, uh, yep. some red thing. Can you, where, where was that? Where was that taken? It was actually in Alaska and. Um, I love fishing and my husband and I actually go quite a bit. I just, I'm not into hunting at all, but I like fishing. So, and I love fishing in Alaska. We've gone several times and, um, gone out halibut fishing and done the fly fishing for salmon and all sorts of stuff. So we've pretty much traveled a lot of places to go fishing and all over Montana, of course. So, um, but that particular fish was in Alaska. 
Oh, that's awesome. The, um, that, you know, you're like us in that we, we don't really do the hunting thing either, but you know, we're kind of fish nerds. So then we do, we do the fishing thing. So, uh, (laughs) so fishing in, in, uh, Montana, is it all just trout? Um, no, there's other stuff, you know, there's walleye and bass and, um, pike. I mean, pretty much, you know, nothing that's ocean related, obviously, but everything else you can find it somewhere in Montana. So, and I know we go shooting, we, we go bow fishing for carp and all sorts of stuff. You've been bow fishing for carp? Yep. That's amazing. So Dave and I went (laughs) bow fishing for carp and couldn't find any. So tell us about that. Oh my gosh. It is the grossest thing ever. (laughs) It's super fun, but it is gross. You know, you end up by the end of the day, you are just caked in fish slime and scales and blood. It is nasty, but you know, it's one of those things where it's usually really hot out when we do it. And so I'm pretty much a fair weathered fisherman of any kind. So I really don't mind doing it if it's out in the sun and it's fine. But, um, you know, like my husband, I know one time we got home and he had crusted fish scales in his armpit hair. It was uh. so gross. And he's, I mean, That's why <laughs> I don't I even know how that it. happened, but. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. That's terrible. So uh, when you're. It's nasty. It's like a sloppy thing. Oh, so when you're bow fishing for carp, you're not catch and release, obviously. Um, do, you, no. do you eat them? No, we actually, no, we don't. We actually, there's, um, farmers around here that will actually take them and they use them for fertilizer in their fields. Mm-hmm. So that's ever... what we usually do is we go give them to the farmers and they love it. Do you eat other fish? Yes, we do. Okay. So I'm going to challenge you next time you get a carp, I want you to eat it and report back <laughs> because they're totally edible. I don't. They were brought to this really? country. They were, they were only reason they're in North America is they were brought here as food. And they're oh totally gosh. a real thing. And real food. Yeah. For some reason, my husband has a complete phobia of eating a carp. He's not I a don't punk. really know why. And I think, yeah, he just kind of passed it along to me. I don't really know why. I just, he always has told me, no way, we're never eating that. Okay, so, <laughs> so. challenge him. You know, challenge his, okay. challenge his hunting ethics. You know, you shoot <laughs> an animal, you eat an animal, right? That's his hunting ethic, right? Right. Challenge him. <laughs> Make just take carp and cut any strips off and bread them and fry them and then report back to us and then okay look at them <laughs> yeah they they are really good I would say they're probably in my top like five or six yeah, so. totally totally delicious really yeah really oh my gosh is it like is it white is it a white no. meat or what is it it's like almost no. red well it's it a, it's they're very they they have a lot of blood on them but um, but once you fry them up no the, the meat is still kind of white it's not like a uh, it's not like a salmon or a tuna that not that kind of red. No, but red, like pink when you, before you cook it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But it is real food. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and especially. Well, I know they eat it in other cultures. Oh, so, sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, I, in Boston here, I'll, uh, there's a uh, fish market down in Chinatown and they have them swimming around in tanks and you can pick out a carp you want and they'll, they'll kill it right there and scale it and clean it right there for you. Wow. I know. It's really impressive. I wonder if you could take a bow in and just shoot your own. That's a good question. Oh, let's try that. (laughs) You're giving people ideas now. I don't know if that's a good idea. Someone's going to go to jail because of you, Dave. Yeah, I know. I know. Yes. We were reading your book, and we're kind of thinking about, like, perspective and 
and the way that you think about stuff. And we thought your book would make a very good, or you might make a very good, like advice columnist. So we're gonna next the next the next few questions we're gonna ask you are kind of a dear Abby type Q and A. So are you familiar with oh, Abby? Gosh, okay. Yeah. So we asked our fans. We asked our fans. I asked my wife and some friends to come up with some questions they might want to ask uh, about relationships and fishing, uh, and they're going to ask them to you. So I'm going to read you them as if I'm okay. somebody else. Okay. And and you Sounds should good. answer. Okay. By the way, since you are the camo queen, uh, you should answer in your best <laughs> queen voice. So like, hello there. I am the queen of camo. <laughs> we are not amused. No, no, not amused. Yeah, I just give a little wave. You know don't you think that, like, don't you think a camo queen would be more, like, hillbilly than more queen-like? Well, that's an interesting question. So the, so the whole camo royalty. So who, who's the camo king? That's a very good question. Would that be Remy? It has to be. I guess it, I guess it would. And then... And then the Duke, the Duke of Camo, has to be a relative of some sort. Do you have a Do you have an uncle? I can or? think of several. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you want to give a shout um, out to who the Duke yeah, would be? Yeah. Maybe Kyle Carter. Kyle Carter, of course. Kyle Carter is the Duke of Camo. Yeah. Very good. All right. I don't know anything about. Where are you from? Montana. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I know nothing about Montana. That's near Alaska, right? <laughs> No. No. <laughs> Kinda. Kinda. No idea where that is. All right. We live we, you know, we live near the ocean. That's all I know. All right. So the first question um, uh, is Dear Camo Highness. And by the way, this comes from uh, Fish Nerds fan uh, Ryan Dubay, who uh, is on every show I think we do. Uh, it says, my wife wants to know if you have any tips on not being woken up by your husband at 3 a.m. when he leaves to go fishing or hunting. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Well, my tip would be <laughs> that at 3 a.m., if he wakes you up, you beat him with a pillow. But... Otherwise, the night before, he should plan ahead and place his clothing outside the bedroom and sneak out and change outside so he doesn't have to turn the light on or make noise. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. That was really I, I've good. Got, I've got a fish nerd's crush on you now. <laughs> oh, God. That was so good. And it's interesting you say that because that's what I do is I, get, I, I just pull my clothes out of the dryer in the morning. And get dressed and leave when I want to go fishing. <laughs> Perfect. So, hey, any theories on why men might leave that early to go fishing and hunting? Any what? Do you have any theories on why men might leave that early to go fishing or hunting? Well, I think that, you know, once they get the opportunity to go, that if they, they don't want to miss out on a single second and they know that if they leave at the crack of dawn, you know, that doesn't matter to me or to anyone else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they just are ready to go. Yeah, they my, can't sleep. <laughs> uh, it's like Christmas morning, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For, hang on one second. For, so for me, it's always like if my kids are awake, I can't go anywhere. So I have to right. leave, get up. Fishing's not better, <laughs> but I got to get there. Right. Otherwise, it's too hard to leave. <laughs> exactly. The um, That sound of a train is Clay's phone 
ringing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I turned that off. I got it. It could be worse things. That's true. It could could be much worse things. Um, you did that accent so well that you can actually have a, a pass if you don't want to do it again because I can't imagine you doing it better. But if you wanted to keep doing it, that that's fine. Um, oh God. But, you don't have. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, and I was totally impressed that you pulled that off so well. So, um, so like I said, it, it's up to you down to how to do this. So next one is dear. Camo Queen, my husband and I share one pair of waders. How do I get him to dry them out after he uses them? <laughs> well, I suppose <laughs> the best answer would be if you do, if he doesn't dry them out, then the next time you will hide them from him and he's not allowed to use them. He has to walk in the freezing water by himself. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's or, awesome. You can or. poke a hole in the waiters in the crotch and let the cold water come in <laughs> when he has them. <laughs> wow, crotch with an English accent. That's awesome. Okay. I That's did. classy. That is, that is classy. classy. <laughs> this actually is from, from my wife, Kristen. And she wants to know, <clears throat> and I'm going to do it in her voice. Close the door. <laughs> what, do you live in a barn or something? That, that's her voice. Uh, no, she wants to know what is an appropriate family to fishing ratio. Like, how much time should you spend away from your family fishing versus how much time should you spend with them? What's the ratio? So let's pretend you have you have three kids. So it would be how many kids to how many hours fishing. Well, I <laughs> always tell my husband if he can live with himself, then I can live with it. So I basically lay a little bit of a guilt trip on him so that he has to make the right decision. It's kind of like when your parent says, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. It's horrible. So I'd rather just say that and he can make up his own mind. And I find that it works much better. Really? <laughs> so really? I, I'm always tasked. <laughs> Whenever I hear that, like my wife will say, fine, do whatever you want. And I hear, fine, do whatever you want. So I'll go do what I want. Um, so for you, it works. That's amazing. <laughs> well, it does because I tell him, I'm like, well, you know, if the kids are only kids one time and, you know, if you're never here, then they're going to grow up and think that you're just a deadbeat dad. And if you can live with that, then that's your choice. Oh, I could Ooh. totally work with that. <laughs> He could not. Well, trust me, it does not work out in my favor a lot of the time. But, uh, but, but three kids under five is insane. And there must be no good ratio. <laughs> There's not particularly good ratio right now. And we have six dogs as well. So what? It's like, it is nuts around here. And we have a mini pig. <laughs> You're insane. Do you have jobs? Yes, we actually, so we have a dental clinic and we have an advertising company and um, yeah, so we're pretty much insane. That's crazy. <laughs> so you're still working yep. with all that going on. And your hus- Is your husband a dentist? Uh, we both are, it's dentures, so we make uh, removable. Yeah. Oh, I totally And then we have a dental that. lab that makes like crowns and implant stuff for other dentists. That explains why you're so good at doing the queen voice. You make crowns. Oh, <laughs> very oh. good. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> wow. That was pretty cheesy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, been, I've been practicing. <laughs> That's crazy. And you have time to write books and go fishing and hunting and do all this stuff. 
Yes, everyone thinks we're insane, but uh, you know. But you know what's really cool is is you're doing stuff. Oh yeah. Yep. That's two, what we two. figure. You know, like when we have a day off, like when we have nothing to do, we don't know what to do with ourselves. We're like, huh, we need to do something. And so we usually end up, you know, packing everybody up and going somewhere. So. Wow. We're not good sitters. <laughs> no. Have you been camping with the whole brood yet? Oh yes. Yes. And actually, so we're getting we're getting ready to go on this trip in a couple of weeks, and so we're actually going bow fishing for paddlefish. <gasps> and um, yeah, and so my husband was like, "We have this enclosed trailer, and he takes it during hunting season to go." You know, all of it, the men sleep in there on these cots and whatever, and he has it all rigged up all nice. And I'm like, I am not sleeping in that trailer with three children, two of which in diapers, no water. Oh, no there's air. No, <laughs> no air. I'm like, we're going to die of carbon monoxide poisoning because he has a heater in there. I was like, this is not happening. And he he's like totally oblivious to why this is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, so he's been he's trying to convince me that we don't need to rent a cabin or anything over there. And I'm just like, that's not happening. So and he's like, well, I could sleep in a tent outside, and I'll leave you and the kids in there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's even worse. <laughs> I'll just up the insurance and then put you guys in the trailer with a with a lantern. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be peacefully sleeping in my tent while you're dealing with three screaming kids in the oh, middle of the night in a trailer God. with no lights. No thanks. Well, you, you got to give them credit for at least taking the shot. You know, at least trying that proposal. Yeah. 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 And he tried he's tried several times. He's just like not understanding this. <laughs> oh, he understands. <laughs> he's still trying to yeah. He must have in, he must have increased my life insurance or something. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow, wow. That's uh I, I do um I totally endorse you having a little so you have a teacup pig or, or a potbelly pig? Yeah, just a mini pig. Yep, mini pig. I, I'm big endorser of having pets you can eat because that just makes a lot <laughs> oh, of makes a lot of sense. To my me. husband keeps saying he's like, so when we get sick of her, can we just like have a dinner or something? And I'm like, no, that is horrible. Uh, Dave, you can eat dogs, you know. I know, oh. I know you can eat dogs. I've been looking. I've been trying to fatten ours up. <laughs> yeah, totally work. Uh, and, and how many dogs did you say you had again? Ten. Six. Six. <laughs> six dogs. Now, yep. why six dogs? What's going on there? Um, I don't know. I've just always been an animal lover, so I don't know. He thinks I'm insane as well because, you know, mm-hmm. he want, he has his hunting dog, and then the rest of them are my dogs. So he doesn't, you know, it's just a matter of I always have liked animals, and I would have way more animals, but I'm not allowed to go to the Humane Society anymore. <laughs> and I'm basically, I have to trade anything I want for hunting weeks, and it's just not worth it to me. <laughs> oh, that's how that works, huh? Oh. I'm going to try that. So next time my wife says, hey, Clay, can you feed me dinner tonight? I'm, no, no, no. Well, I'm going to go fishing tomorrow <laughs> for six hours then. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't count no <laughs> and actually he's actually starting to catch on to this because he's like well you give me a week hunting but then i have a 10-year commitment to picking up dog crap <laughs> like, <exactly>. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true you, you just need to buy a whole bunch of dung beetles to live in your yard and you saw the problem. oh gross <laughs> <laughs> oh, like they just ball it up yeah that's a good idea 
That would be disgusting. <laughs> um, I'm I'm really interested in this bow fishing for paddlefish. You know, I've actually never done it, and so it's going to be new for me as well. But I'm actually writing an article on it, so oh. um, we decided that it would be a fun a fun topic, and so we're just going for it. <laughs> Wow. So I don't really know, <laughs> but we'll see. And is that, are you doing, able to do that in that state? Or are you having to travel to do that? We have to go, it's a, we can do it here, but it's about, I think, seven or eight hours away. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really so neat. So we'll see. Yeah. It should be interesting. So. Well, and then you can eat those too. And they're, they're pretty <laughs> good too. Are they? I don't know anything <laughs> about it. So. It'll be a learning experience for me, that's for sure. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. Okay. How many yeah. How many more kids are you going to have? I think one more. Really? Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that blows my mind. <laughs> it does. I just always have wanted a big family. And, yeah, you've got um, it. Done. Yeah. Is your husband <laughs> saying, well, if we get tired of the small mom, we can eat it? <laughs> <laughs> you never know <laughs> yeah the, the kid's gotta uh, you know pull his own weight um the uh, yeah. <laughs> wow wow okay well then you know you are running the, you don't have twins that run in your family or his do you no but i actually have always wanted to have twins of course so you I have <laughs> and my husband thinks i'm absolutely insane but i don't know they're just so fun that it's you know it's worth it so Wow. Wow. You, you, yeah, you have my total admiration for all the stuff you, I'm tired just talking about it. I am. I'm, and I'm a little afraid of you too. I, you know, the, 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 the scariest animal on earth is a pregnant woman. And mm. I, like, I couldn't, like my wife, we had two kids and I'm, and I'm still a little bit afraid of my wife, but I can't imagine getting into four or more kids where you're just always afraid all the time. Cause you just never know. Yes, that is very, very true. <clears throat> very true. I don't know. I have to say, though, like while I was pregnant, I was I was pretty OK with it. I was never sick and I was just I was fine. I was really lucky. I'm so. not worried about you. I'm worried about your husband. <laughs> like, you're clearly good at it. <laughs> well, he definitely. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, our two year old broke her arm. We were at the oh, what? Super, a super. Yeah. How we are you super, doing? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> we were at a Super Bowl party with all these kids and they were, one of our friends was chasing him like a bear and they were on this big couch and she, of course she flips off the back and broke her arm and it was horrible. But, um, so since him? then he is like, my husband is like a total maniac as far as safety about everything. I mean, he was bad before, but now he's horrible and he is Looking like he doesn't sleep very well for some reason. He ever since then he's been like, I don't know. It's like messed with his head a little bit, and so he just I keep telling him like, you look like a crackhead. You need to sleep. Sure. And he's like, I'm just so worried about Della. I don't know. And I'm just like, she's fine. Like she runs around like she doesn't even notice. But oh. he definitely is looking a little like he needs a little nap. <laughs> well, he's got yeah, big family. The um, did you have the experience when our, I have a daughter and uh, she broke her arm too when she was little? And oh, geez, what did you do? I know exactly. <laughs> and, and did you have the experience where you go into the emergency room and they're all like giving you the 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 stink eye or like you know why is your kid broken arm? 
Yeah, I, you know, I actually thought about that when I was there, but I think they could tell because I probably look like I wanted to die just as much as she did. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm sure they can tell, you know, when there's a problem, when there's just, you know, straight, straightforwardness. But, uh, but yeah, Yeah. oh my gosh, yes. Well, I, I can, I can understand a little bit about him staying up at night when, when something traumatic like that happens. Because, God, you, you realize that, you know, a lot of things can happen. And it takes, you know, two seconds. Yeah. Literally, two seconds. Yeah. It's horrible. But, um, wow. Wow. Well, that's, this is amazing. Do you do, like, are, are you an astronaut or something? Is there, is there any other thing you'll, you'll tell us? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Although. I've actually developed a really horrible fear of flying since we had kids because I'm so afraid that I'm going to, like, kick the bucket and then mm. my kids won't have a mom. So I used to go, you know, we used to fly all over the place and go fishing actually like we went to the bahamas and went bone fishing and did all like so many things and now i'm just like no way i don't want to do it like we have to go somewhere around here because i'm just too worried about it yeah but. yeah well parenthood yeah I, I hear you boy it sounds like you've had great fishing adventures what's your favorite uh fish to catch I don't know. You know, it's actually my husband makes fun of me because anytime I catch a fish, I can't help it that I scream like every time I've caught, you know, hundreds of fish and I can't help it. So I'd have to say I don't really have a favorite. (laughs) It's all fun to me. That's how I am. Yeah. Clay plays (laughs) the exact same way. Yeah. I'm sure. I bet he squeals. He does. (laughs) I I really do. He does. He does. Every fish is so great. Hey, um, so do you get to go on a book tour or anything? What's your deal here? Um, I actually did. Um, it was in like in hunting season. So like September, October, I went around and did some stuff um, and did some like readings and talks and stuff. So I don't have anything planned at this time, but for anything further. That's so, so cool. But I got I just got a, a text from a friend. Oh, good. I'm not a text, a Facebook message about this book. Mm-hmm. Let's see. It's from Lindsay Cole. And her now, my friend. This is my friend Lindsay. Her husband, uh, in the summer, owns a campground, and then in the winter, he just hunts and fishes. That's all he does. Oh, geez, so that sounds like rough. Big outdoors guy. He used to be a teacher, but he quit that because he couldn't hunt and fish enough. Oh my god! So yeah, and she's a biology, biology teacher. So she wants to know how has, um, how is how is being a camo queen. This is not her words. I changed a little bit. How has being a camo queen changed your life? Uh, for instance, when you when you ask people if they want to come see your new bow, you don't actually mean a hair bow. Like, uh, very <laughs> funny. That's, yeah. yeah, that's what she's going. So, are there um, any big communication changes? Any big changes in the way you talk to your friends or they look at you? You know, I think so. I think that actually, to be honest with you, I think that it kind of weirds a lot of them out mm-hmm. because I know that they don't really like to talk about it. Like they're, they're supportive and everything, but they are kind of, I don't know. Like it's Jealous. kind of an uncomfortable subject. I don't know. It's just uncomfortable is what I'd have to say would be the word. And so not very many, I'd say like about half my friends do not really ever even ask about it or anything about it. Don't say anything. Don't, I don't know. And then the other part of my friends are super great about it and just, you know, laugh about it and call Ramey the camo king and make fun of him. And, you know, I don't know. It's just it's a weird it is a weird thing because, it, you know, like here I was in a lot of the newspapers and stuff and like on the front were like with that actually that salmon picture. And it just I think it just kind of weirded a lot of people like of my close friends out for some reason. I don't know. So. Oh, how interesting. Hmm. 
It's all good. Yeah. Ha- have other media, I mean, you've attracted the attention of the fish nerds, which is impressive enough, but has, of course. <laughs> has Field and Stream or any of those lesser publications and media outlets uh, contacted you? <laughs> um, actually, so ever since, so probably for um, maybe like three or four months now, I've actually been writing weekly posts and articles for several magazines and um just fishing and hunting magazines so that's been pretty cool and um you know and it's actually getting tricky like now I'm glad it's starting to get spring again so that I can have some things to make fun of my husband about because for you know January it's kind of mellowed around here so (laughs) it's starting to get all fired up again so I can have some good topics but yeah, it actually that's been pretty cool. Um, every week writing a different article for several magazines, and it's been pretty fun. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Now, your husband does and, what? Does he? Uh, How has that affected him? That you're you're uh, you're the camo queen. You know, <laughs> well, with all of his buddies, he has no secrets now at this point because you know they're all in the book, and then every week there's a new column, and you know. <laughs> He's just like, at first, I think it really kind of got under his skin because his buddies were giving him so much crap all the time because, you know, he had no secrets. He couldn't hide from anything, and um, which I feel kind of bad about. But at this point, now that it's gone so well and... Um, screw you know, him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like now he's like, I don't care. He's like, well, this is his ulterior motive is because he hopes that it goes so well that he can quit working uh-huh. and that he'll have sugar mama writing articles and he can be fishing and giving me fodder. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, so are, oh, are you, my gosh. are you making millions <laughs> on this? That's what he's hoping. Yeah. But <laughs> And you know, he's also seen the advantage of, well, if you have this writing thing, then, I can. I need to have new four wheelers, and I need to have a new boat, and we need to write that off. <laughs> I'm like, oh. oh my gosh. Oh, I like his style. I know. I, I, <laughs> so I think he's kind of seeing the light in the dark there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So there's a, there's a lot of great stories in this book. I like the chapter about when you were writing about rowing uh, the boat, learning how to row the boat the first time, so he could fish. And oh I, my gosh, I enjoyed that the most. But um, how can <laughs> how can PR fans find you and find your book? Um, well, I'm on Facebook, so it's on Confessions of a Camo Queen book. And so I pretty much post stuff on there almost every day. Mm-hmm. And um, also my book is on Amazon.com or FarCountryPress.com. And um, also I'll be in Distinctly Montana and Bugle Magazine and Midwest Hunting and Fishing and um, Montana Outdoor News is – I write, write articles for them every week. So, so and, you, and just a Google search your way really. And Dave and yes. I give away a couple copies of this book. And if you want to win this book, you just call the Fish Nerds Hotline 607-378-FISH. And the first couple of people leave us a voicemail will get a copy of Kristen Berube's book, Confessions of a Camo Queen Living with an Outdoorsman. And it's a bra on the cover. <laughs> it's a pink bra. I was, I was reading this book today in Starbucks, and I'm just oh trying, to, trying to act tough reading the book. And like, I'm, I'm very macho. So. <laughs> I know one of my friends, um, he bought the book, and he lives in Boston, and he actually, and he was... Um, he's like, I have to buy this on my Kindle because it's too embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, all right, well, that works too. As long as people are buying it, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Kristen, thanks so much for being on the Fish Nerds podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. We are founding members of the Outdoor Podcast Channel, a group of unique outdoor-related podcasts speaking to those people who call themselves outdoors people. Like us. Yeah, just like us. Yeah. Uh, the channel is expanding. It say. is. It is. Yeah, go team. <laughs> <laughs> and you can hear all sorts of shows. And the nice thing is it's a great diversity. So every day there's a new show loaded up. And you can go to iTunes or your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the Outdoor Podcast channel today. Fish in the news. I love fish in the news. <laughs> I know you do. This news story comes from CBC News in Newfoundland, Labrador. Newfoundland. Yeah. Newfoundland. Screw that. Screw that, man. I'm old school. I only like old Finland. <laughs> Newfoundland. <laughs> Newfoundland. <laughs> yeah. I like the old lost land. Lost land. Land of the lost. That's right. Yeah. Very good. Um, this title is Dildo Pond Fishing Derby. <laughs> <laughs> Results annulled. Entrance to receive refunds. Wait. Dildo. <laughs> Say that again. Dildo Pond Fishing Derby results annulled. Entrance so, to receive refund. The pond is named Dildo Pond. Dildo Pond. They're not fishing for dildos. Apparently not. There's a real pond called Dildo Pond. <laughs> Apparently there is. In that, Newfoundland. Yes. Oh, those crazy newfies. <laughs> you know, my, my family comes from Newfoundland. Oh, really? Yeah, my, my grandfather immigrated from there when he was a kid. Oh. Yeah, that's by the way, that's all I know about my family history. Do you have any heirloom dildos to uh, uh air, well, uh, we, we're passing down for generations. Yep, <laughs> they're made out of bones, <laughs> of course, of course, of course. <laughs> um, the, the, the story is after nearly two weeks of debate and controversy, organizers of the Dildo Pond Fishing Derby <laughs> have decided. To annul all results and refund participants their $25 entry fees. $25 dildos? Yes. It's a bargain. More than $30,000 in prizes, including a Honda side-by-side all-terrain vehicle, will not be claimed. Oh, dildo pond. I'm Googling this. <laughs> it's says, a thing. <laughs> and it says, this is just the latest dispute in a, <coughs> our latest development in a quirky dispute that erupted just minutes after Owen White of New Harbor pulled a nearly six-pound fish from a hole in the ice on Dildo Pond on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. There's a, a hole in his Dildo Pond. Yep, Valentine's Day. Wow, on that for Valentine's Day. Wow. <laughs> and it turned out it was the largest entry in the Derby by far. But questions about the species of fish surfaced at the same moment White hauled in his catch. It took 12 days, but they did DNA testing and found and officials at the Fisheries and Oceans Department officially confirmed the fish was an Atlantic salmon, which was not eligible for the competition. Oh, he thought it was a brown trout. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, oh, and uh, wow. And they had to do DNA testing to figure that out. Appa- yes, they did. Apparently, they're they're not that similar. I know. Are they? I d- I wouldn't think so. I mean, I've seen them side by side. They are similar. Right, but you would think an average. Yeah, you you would think you could tell the difference. Maybe without having used DNA, maybe you could just like know something. <laughs> I know, but apparently it got so out of hand that they decided to submit the you know the sample to. Well, so if you're doing a sample, if you if you if you if you really want to measure based on the name of a town you're in. And your body of water you're in. If your name, if you're in the town of Dildo, fishing in Dildo Pond, is it our expectation that you know a lot about trout? <laughs> I don't know. I I'm don't not sure. Know. I'm not sure. So yeah, but they, but they, this was very serious. It caused a big uproar, and they finally realized it was an Atlantic salmon, so it was not wow. not legal. That's controversy for all of Dildo Harbor. I know. These are real things. <laughs> this is quite a dildo controversy. Oh my goodness! I know. It, yeah, it rocked the dildo community. It sure did, man. What a boner move! <laughs> you know, I, I heard it triggered a probe. <laughs> wow! Uh, you know, this is going to really lubricate the presses. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway. There you go, fish in the news. That was wow. A- You'd be hard pressed to find better news than this. <laughs> I know, I know. We may um, have to stop right there. Man, what a poke in the brown eye! <laughs> oh God, that, was, that really wasn't even any. That wasn't sort even of, trying. <laughs> yeah, no, that, was, that was no shrouded, you know, thing like that. It's just yeah, like you sorry. know, penis. You know, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Yeah, you had to. All right. Um, let's. Yeah. We'll we'll try another story. That's the best news I ever heard. <laughs> we need to go fishing up there. <laughs> well, I suppose there's a dildo travel agency. I'm sure you. there is. <laughs> to get you up to dildo pond. I know. You get your oil changed there, dildo lube and filter. <laughs> you know, like. I wonder. I mean, they must advertise for the for the dildo pond fishing derby. I'm sure they do. <laughs> sure they we do. really need to get a T-shirt or something. I, I'm, I, they must market the hell out of that. <laughs> I bet they get really weird tourists every year. I'm sure they do. They're like, oh, fishing. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not seeing anyone selling T-shirts online here. How is that? Oh, I can imagine what your search is, is looking like right now. I know. i got to be really careful. I'm using my work computer right now. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Don't Google it. <laughs> well, that, that's actually the one of the funniest things about the story is that, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's still Dopon. Anyway, this yeah. was an Atlantic salmon. Mm-hmm. You know, they like. Uh, it, it wouldn't be news, Dave, if it wasn't at Dildo Pond. <laughs> Like the story is, some guy doesn't know his fish, <laughs> but some guy on Dildo Pond. Well, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, there was a. In, anytime you have a dildo controversy, mm-hmm. yeah, it's gold. Totally golden dildo controversy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, the next the next story is on uprocks.com. Okay. 
And the title of this is This Fishing Wasted Competition is Exactly What It Sounds Like, A Lot of Fun. So fishing can either be this. I'm just going to read the story here. Fishing can either be a leisurely, relaxing, and altogether peaceful activity that families and loners alike can enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, or it can be full of contact sport and high stakes competitions, crazily conceived championships that make the day out of the water filled with unexpected twists and general insanity. That's what this oh, I think I like this. Yeah. So the second option is where the fishing wasted competition comes in for this is exactly what it sounds like as a competition. Uh, there's a video and it says the championship consists of trying and succeeding to catch a fish while getting increasingly hammered mm-hmm. in order to win a trophy. You get a trophy for getting trashed. Yes. And catching a fish. So you have to catch a fish as you get trashed. So as everyone knows, winning a trophy is the most important thing in life you can do. Um, and so one guy claims, or one, one guy wants to claim that the very originally named booze trophy for himself, Mm -hmm. he, yeah, I guess it's called the booze trophy. Um, is original. Yeah. 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 There you go. Um, and there's also apparently bratwurst involved. Of course. Um, but it, it doesn't really get into the details of how the fishing competition goes, but there is. There is a picture of all these guys lined up. It's a it's an English match kind of fishing, you know. Oh, it's in English. Yes. Okay, that's not racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh. it, but it, you know they're using those long poles and they're doing all that. Um, but and so I'm going to pause here. I should actually watch the video. Uh, let me just check something real quick. Oh, it's, it's only one minute. It's one minute long. Yeah. Let's just watch it real quick. I'm watching it. I'm on it. Oh, it's, oh, it's like from Finland or something. Yeah. He will also win the booze trophy. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh my god. That's gold. <laughs> Holy smokes. So, so, if you're listening to this stupid podcast, go to fishers.com, click on the link for this uprocks.com, and watch this video, and then call us, because it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I'm so happy. This, it's better, better than Dildo Pond. It's... The only thing that would be better than this is if the booze championship was on Dildo Pond. It's, it's so good. Oh, my God. I'm so happy that I've seen this thing. So happy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my oh, God. I so badly want to win that championship. <laughs> Have you, well, Dave, Dave, you don't drink a lot, do you? I, I don't drink a lot, no. No, I, I you know, my 20s I used to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I used to, too. <laughs> And and uh, when I was first learning to ice fish, I didn't understand that it was about fishing. Mm-hmm. And and uh, my friend uh, Tattoo Dan and I, we had a hard side 
ice shanty out on Beaver Lake in Derry, New Hampshire. Uh-huh. You've seen it. I have, yeah. And so Dan and I went fishing once together, and we decided we're going to make it a drinking game. I mean, we're like 25. <laughs> and and uh, we brought a bottle, big bottle of tequila out there. Uh, and uh, the deal was every time we catch a fish, we do a shot. Oh, nice. And we set – we didn't know how to – jigging was not a thing in our imagination. We didn't know what that was. We set traps up. Oh, all right. So, so six traps each. And so after my flag popped, we catch a fish to a shot. The fishing that day was one of those days where you couldn't stop catching fish. Oh, God. <laughs> and at the end of the day, we had to crawl off the ice back to his house, like leaving all of our gear behind. Like we were blind drunk and we had to crawl back and then walk to his house from there. We couldn't drive home. It was the next day we had to come back and like chisel out our gear from the ice because we just couldn't even deal with it. God. Yeah. Yeah, that's that yeah. is something. I you know, this and it didn't really get into the rules and it was some foreign language on this thing. So I, I bet it was Finnish. It's probably Finnish. It, that's you know how they are. I yeah. do know how they are. And um but what a great concept. Can you imagine if everybody is sitting around a pond like this and they're all just side by side kind of thing? Yep. And if you if the rule was you had to take a shot every time somebody else caught a fish. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> so so then you would just keep going and the winner would be the last literally the last one standing probably because right. everybody else has to be drinking while this person's catching fish. Gosh, but everyone would just get unless you're out fishing everyone like ten to one. I know. All, everyone's gonna die. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now there's another pond nearby. Uh, where their wives are just annoyed. Because uh, if you watch the video, it's all men. Right. That, it <laughs> so you know men. somewhere there's a place, probably Dildo Pond, where their wives are hanging out and just all really bothered. So. Well, they're not that bothered. They're at Dildo Pond. But. <laughs> That's true. They're all pretty happy. They'll be bothered later. They'll be bothered later. Yeah. Oh, my God. This this podcast went south quick. I, well, you know. <laughs> We had no choice. I guess we had no choice with a story like like these two. You know, you can't make this stuff up. This is real life. (laughs) So that is Fish in the News. Best news ever. I can't believe we're going to do that Dildo Pond story after having Kristen Berube on. It's perfect. Oh, my God. Come on. She has 10 kids. She's way into this stuff. (laughs) She's all in. She's all in. The doctor is in. Dr. Erica Martin is with us. Hi, Doc. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's going really good. How are you? I, it's three o'clock came really, really fast today. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how that works. It, it is. I had a list, my to-do list for the day. I make one every day, um, and I did none of it. I did things, but it was none of those things. <laughs> That's so sad when that happens. <laughs> oh, happens more often than I care to know. <laughs> mm. Well, this is something you could check off your list, is uh, it, d- doing a fish nerds thing. It is. It, it is on my list. So there you go. I did one thing today. <laughs> Well, what's the uh, what's the fish for the day? Okay, so this was a fan recommendation mm-hmm. or a fan request, mm-hmm. and it is the sunapee trout. Oh, that is a very good uh-huh. one. Yes. Yeah. So I thought you might know what that one was. Yes, but uh, I don't. I don't. I only know a little bit. But tell tell about the background of these things. 
Sure. So um, first of all, when I started looking it up, it turns out that this wasn't always a recognized subspecies um, until kind of rel relatively recent-ish, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when I went to look at it, uh, its scientific name is the Salvelinus alpinus and then Ocasa. So Salvelinus alpinus is the Arctic char. Mm. But it turns out the Arctic char is actually a complex, um, which means two things. One, it, it's complex. <laughs> <laughs> and the second is that we're not – scientists in general aren't really sure if these subspecies or other species actually are genetically truly unique subspecies or species. Oh, now – so wait a minute. Help – Help me out with what makes a species a species. <laughs> what a great question. Okay, so, and actually, this is still up for some debate. So it, it's kind of a fluid concept. But in general, um, a species is a species if it is, it is reproducing together. So it's not reproducing with something else. So if you have a, a if you have a subspecies, you're like, no, this is definitely a different species. But you catch that species number two reproducing with species number one, then probably it's not. Oh, okay. Or, or. it's geographically isolated. Oh, okay. So if they're if they're geographically they're in two separate places, they cannot. Therefore, they cannot reproduce. You could say, hey, you know, this is species A and this is species B. Obviously, they're very, very closely related. Um, they were the same thing at one point very recently in evolutionary history. Mm. But, you know, they're going to go on genetic divergence and become new things. Okay. And, and how much of a geographic difference or, you know, mating or whatever is, that's where the fuzziness comes in. Well, all right. So speaking of fuzziness, and I'm going to take <laughs> take you out of the Salmonids for a second. Okay. Um, what about the Centrarchids, where you get, like, hybridized bluegill and red-eared sunfish? Right. So, obviously, those are those are hybrid, like the, the sauger, sogeye, yeah. walleye, and uh, stripers and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a recognized thing. Like, we know what those look like. Mm-hmm. And we know that it's definitely not the other two, right? Yeah. Like, but um, it's it's not really it, it is a species or subspecies, but but it isn't because it didn't come about evolutionarily from its own lineage. Oh, does so, that make sense? I guess so. <laughs> so those ones that you mentioned, like the saw guys and the wipers, mm -hmm. those exist because we put them together. Oh, well, it, I'm, ooh, I don't know enough about their original distributions to say that definitively. I get you, yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? I don't know if they co-occur naturally or not, because that would make a big difference. Oh, okay. And do those, I, I can't remember, do those reproduce on their own, or are they sterile? Oh, like the uh, saw guys and wipers and stuff? Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know either. Come to think of it, I think the hybrid bluegills are sterile, I think. I think a lot of them tend to be, but I'm not really sure. Mm, all right. Well, we could stick a pin in that and deal with it at a future Fish Nerd Minute. 
We, yeah, actually, that's a. Let me. I'm gonna put that on here. Do you have a second? <laughs> add, that's it, good. add it to your list. <laughs> it is. So I'll just do. I'll put hybrid down. Yeah, and, and let, we can talk about that. Yeah, because then I'll have actually more informed opinion than I don't know. Let me guess. No, I never heard of that. Uh, no, that's good. Very good. Yeah. All right. All right. So back back to the sun of pea trout. Back to the sun of pea trout. Also the, called the blueback trout. Mm. Um, and it is a officially recognized subspecies of Arctic char. So um, it is uh, geographically isolated. Okay. So this one is never anadromous. So it stays um, in uh, the Sunapee Lake in New Hampshire. There's some ponds in Vermont um, and some floodplains uh, even up into Maine. Yeah. So that's, of course, they're extinct, unfortunately, in pretty much all, all of those places. Yeah, they have not had a good fortune come onto them re- in the recent years, unfortunately. Yeah. And they pretty much have suffered in, in most areas where they are native. Um, some of that is due to, they've actually, speaking of hybridization, have uh, hybridized with the introduced lake trout. Mm, yeah. In places where they are co- now coexisting. Yeah, I can see that. They're both char, yep. right? In the the S genus, Salvalinus. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, they did try to, because uh, I don't know if you've seen the um, sunapee trout, but they are gorgeous fish. They're very pretty. Yeah, I have not seen one. Okay, well, they're really pretty colors, um, especially when they're spawning. Lots, mm. lots of reds and things. Um, and for fishing, you know, salmonids in general tend to be some of the biggest sport fish, right? People, everybody loves trout. They're mm. delicious. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Although, um, although Clay and I really aren't that big of trout fans. Yeah, well, me, me neither. Because <laughs> yeah, they're dumb. They're stupid fish. <laughs> But. I, I just like to root. The salmonids are kind of like the popular crowd oh, when it comes yeah. to the fish. Yeah. And so, you know, oh, everybody likes salmonids. And so it's part of me being like, I want to root for the underdog. So. Yeah, a little bit of a rebel. Gotcha. I do. I, I'm sorry. Trout are super cool. Don't get me wrong. I just. <laughs> actually, I have to say, I think salmonids, I always have a favorite fish. And I can't with this one. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> But they did try to introduce these into several lakes at the headwaters of the Salmon River in Idaho. It's been stocked all over Maine and a lot of other places kind of trying to reintroduce um, these fish somewhere, right, uh, so they can take off. Um, in, in general, that has not been met with a lot of success. Mm, yeah. So it's a lot of effort for not a lot of payout, unfortunately. Oh, poor, poor little son of trout. Now, and I was wondering, since since you are from this region where they are native, yeah, um, it says that they're they're geographically isolated, so they stay in fresh waters all their life. Right. But that is not um, indicative of the other Arctic char species and subspecies. They are anadromous, so they'll go out in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, is that due to a a natural? geographic barrier or is that something that people did a long time ago do you think um i think it's a natural barrier because the ice sheets from the ice age ten thousand years ago okay pretty much came down and wiped everything out 
down through here. So that's why there's only about 40, no, there's only actually about 25 native species in the Northeast, in New Hampshire. Um, and it's because the, the, the ice sheets wiped everything out. So then as they retreated and fish started to move and the, and the landscape started to, to move, um, there were some Arctic char that were locked in to the Sunapee Lake. Oh, uh, okay. I gotcha. Unfortunately, also dying out. Yeah, and extirpated from their native mm. waters. Yeah, I think right now there is an as- one established population in Idaho, maybe in Sawtooth Lake. Mm. Um, and then pretty much they've failed in New Hampshire, New York, and Massachusetts. Um, most of the stockings in Maine and New Hampshire have failed. All right, here's some history for you. So uh-huh. since, like, the mid-1700s uh-huh. until last year, 2015, uh-huh. scientists and naturalists have been going back and forth on whether or not the sunapee was its own subspecies or not. So that's... A lot of hundreds of years uh-huh. of, oh, no, it's this. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And different subspecies are not a subspecies or, well, let's put it in this genus. And it has been all over the place. So I remember, um, you might remember, maybe the fans remember, I posted a photo where I had to get out the big guns for some a bunch of books and stuff for a, yes. a fan request. Yes. This was the one because Everywhere I looked, I looked on fish base and the catalog of fish, and I'd get these papers. And, of course, depending on the year that it was published, this fish was called something different. Oh, my god! <laughs> Which is really, really frustrating. Oh. <laughs> and so I had to go on to the catalog of fishes um, and just, you know, put in this particular subspecies name and then look at all of the things that it has been called to see if is is the paper that i found from you know 1856 or 1932 and it says this species name in that year would that have been synonymous with what we call it now and the answer is sometimes sometimes <laughs> oh good <laughs> yeah, so it was fun, though. So I got a bunch of uh, books out, which was nice, because uh, I know exactly when the book was published, and they have usually have pictures and things, so I can more easily wrap my mind around whether, yeah, this is probably what we now call the sunapee trout is what they were talking about. Um, I hope the fan got the answers they were looking for. I'm, I'm almost certain the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> We will cycle back, and if they want more questions, fine. We'll we'll deal with it. But you um, bet. Call call me out on Facebook if you have any extra questions on this one. <laughs> yeah, very good. So, Doc. Until next time. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. That is it. That's it. You have listened to a couple of fish nerds when you could have been fishing. We'd like to thank our families for supporting us while we podcast, go on fishing quests, and do all sorts of silly things that middle-aged guys do. If you would like to support the fish nerds, go to patreon.com slash fish nerds and help us crowdfund this show. Special thanks to Kristen Berube. What a sport. What a go-getter, I must say. 
and the author of Confessions of a Camo Queen. Check her out on Facebook and uh, follow her adventures. And until next time, follow the code of the fish nerd, spawn early and often. Avoid free lunches with strings attached. And swim against the current every chance you get. I'm not swimming in Dildo Pond. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Just so we're clear.